Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listener interaction. Starring Score Baseball Insider Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel. It all starts right here, right now on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago's sports station. Good morning. It's Inside the Clubhouse on this Saturday morning from the Hyundai Studios in Chicago. Every Saturday morning at 9, Inside the Clubhouse. I am David Haw, sitting in today, pinch hitting for Matt Spiegel. We'll get into uh, Matt's situation later and uh, welcome in the weekly maven, Bruce Levine. Not even weekly, daily, daily expert for the score. Good morning, Bruce. How are you? Ready to talk some baseball? I've been a maven for so many years now. It's it's a really amazing, <laughs> isn't it, David? Uh, but uh, it is great to have you with us. Thanks for uh, sitting in for, for Matt today. Matt's been in and out a little bit, and we wish uh, him, his family, and Ruben, his son, a uh, uh, quick recovery. I know he's on the road to uh, being 100%, so uh, we send our, our best out to Matt and Ruben and his family. And we are going to... Get into some great baseball talk today. Uh, we have uh, Ricky Renneria, the manager of the Chicago White Sox, joining us at 10 o'clock at 9.40, 9.30 actually, uh, maybe a little earlier, 9.23. We'll have uh, Jim Deshaies, the TV uh, color voice for Chicago Cub Baseball, will be joining us. And uh, you and I, David, will get into an awful lot of topics. Our number is 312 312- Six four four six seven six seven. Feel free to reach out to David uh, on that number anytime you wish, and we will bring you in to talk about the summer sprint, as yes. what I am calling the 2020 baseball. 60 games, I like David. I, I yeah. like that. 60 games. It uh, Pitchers and catchers report on Friday. And, yes, best wishes to a young Ruben uh, Matt Spiegel's son, the eight-year-old who had an emergency appendectomy, Bruce. That's the first significant injury of the baseball season. Uh, unexpected, but it sounds like he's doing well. Checked in with Matt this morning. But we are ready to talk about Cubs and the White Sox because it has been quite a week in Major League Baseball. And we are at that point now where we will get into some of the health and safety concerns as we continue. But we had, can actually, Bruce, look ahead to Friday and say, all right, here we go. That looks like it's the first scheduled workout. 
What kind of week do you expect, and, and how would you how would you characterize where the Cubs and Sox are as they anticipate a day we all have been waiting for a very long time? Well, as you mentioned, David, uh, health is going to be the priority, number one, number two, and number three. So uh, initially when they get in, uh, being tested, uh, going over the protocols with all the players, uh, the social distancing rules, um, you know, a lot of I think a lot of the um, a lot of the updating is going to be in outdoor areas like the ballpark uh, with social distancing as a part of it and mask wearing and the idea that uh, when they're not participating in the game they will be socially separated most of the time not participating in groups bigger than maybe 10 12 or 13 people at a time so I think we're going to see and hear about how the uh, practices for the 44 players or so on both the Cubs and White Sox that'll be at their particular camps at Wrigley Field and guaranteed rate will uh, have uh, staggered, stuttered, different types of workouts so that everybody is not uh, taking up uh, areas uh, at the same time. So it's going to be a challenge initially just to get understand for them uh, what the social distancing and communication will be like with their teammates, their manager, and their coaches. You know what it sounds like, Bruce? It sounds like the way when you hear James McCann and Lucas Giolito, who we heard from yesterday, from the White Sox, and when you hear from players and executives and coaches around the league, this is going to be a test of a lot of self-discipline. You, the players are going to have to adhere to a certain structure. They're going to have to sacrifice some of their uh, freedoms, perhaps. You're not going to be able to be as mobile as before. And I wonder what you think, because we, we, we talk since we got the go-ahead. Well, we're going to talk baseball. We're going to think baseball. Who's best equipped for the 60-game sprint? What team has the best roster in town? What about what team has the most, the best collection of professionals? Is, is this going to be a, a, the teams that are – good at being professionals in that they understand all of those sacrifices you just described and we're, we're going to continue to talk about does that favor one side over another does that favor maybe the cubs because they have a, a bunch of guys who are more veteran and understand what that takes you know that's a really difficult question to answer david but i'll answer it this way the veteran guys who are married and have their lives pretty much settled down i think are going to have a an easier time staying in, ordering food in where they live, and uh, not uh, segueing out to uh, the public. Whereas some of the younger guys, um, you know, for instance, like the White Sox have a younger team, uh, you know, some of those guys are going to be more apt to, you know, maybe go to restaurants together and hang out up just a little bit longer because they're single guys. That's what they're supposed to do. Right. You know, 22 to 28, 30-year-olds that aren't married, they're supposed to go out and enjoy each other's company, uh, have a, a good time socially. So I think it's going to be more difficult for those younger players um, to adhere to it. Yet, um, I think they understand their responsibility uh, to not only themselves, but to their teammates. So Giolito, in his Zoom meeting with the media yesterday, David, talked about... Uh, we're going to really, really going to have to trust each other because if player X goes out and is not adhering to social distancing and wearing a mask and uh, comes back and becomes uh, positive, uh, that jeopardizes everybody else as well. So 
it's a real slippery slope when you talk about trusting your teammate because you always do at the ballpark. You always do as a person uh, uh, in competition, but you don't always count on them when you're away from the ballpark. That's a personal alone time. And now the social aspect of, of it changes uh, dramatically because of the complications of the coronavirus. This hour of Inside the Clubhouse is brought to you by Team Hochberg. Visit their new website, 56david.com. That's 56david.com. And, Bruce, as we prepare for teams to come back in Chicago and around the league, how logistically is this going to work? You know, I know you've talked to, to uh, executives from both sides and you're familiar with how the, the protocols will, will unfold and I think there's still a lot of questions that probably they have to answer themselves. But in terms of just the, it seems like a massive undertaking to logistically arrange for you know players, 60 players on each side to get into town, to to get to the ballpark, and to undergo this sort of raft of uh, safety measures that they're going to have to go through. Uh, how how would you describe those challenges? Uh, monumental. That's the word that comes to my mind. And it's a great question, David. I just, you know, for VJ, uh, who's the guy with the Cubs as far as the traveling secretary and Ed, Ed Cassian, who is the White Sox traveling secretary, these are just, if you have any hair left, it's all going to be pulled out, right? I mean, because uh, it's it's hard enough job as it is to take care of a traveling party of uh of 35 to 40 guys and make sure the rooms are perfect and that everybody gets a suite that's supposed to get a suite and that uh, the the wives and girlfriends of uh, the players are taken care of as they travel separately and all the accommodations are made for buses and planes. It just becomes 10 times more challenging to make sure that you have three buses instead of two buses to take you to the airport for, you know, just a simple example that was given to me uh, because on the buses, you're going to have to be socially distanced from people. You're not going to be sitting next to them. So all these things, uh, hotel rooms, uh, getting the team uh, onto an airplane in the proper way, the, all these things are really going to come into play with things that uh, none of these guys have ever seen before. So as we get near the day for pitchers and catchers and the rest of the team to report, pitchers and catchers just sounds more spring training-y, doesn't it? It's like pitchers yeah. and catchers report Friday. The rest of the team reports Friday. Um, Bruce, <laughs> tomorrow night is uh, the Major League schedule is, is scheduled to be released, uh, from what I understand. Um, when do you think we'll get a sense uh, of, you know, how – how what, what what goes into that and how different that is and and I guess you know are you aware of any any sort of uh, peaks at the schedule as, as as pertains to the the exhibition games or the preseason games if you will that the Cubs and White Sox are both uh, anticipating playing? No, but we're anticipating that there'll be three games uh, toward the end of the spring thing. So you know maybe around the eighteenth, nineteenth, twentieth of uh, July toward the end of this three-week uh, spring training 2.0, uh, teams will start playing each other. I think the White Sox and Cubs maybe will play a couple. I don't know if they'll play all three against each other, if that's the safest route to take, rather than bringing in a team from outside just to play an exhibition schedule. You know, Maybe, maybe the three games would be between the Cubs and uh, the White Sox, or maybe Milwaukee uh, comes down for one or the Cubs go 
go there for one. I don't know. Uh, but um, we do know there'll be three games at the end. The rest of the spring training will be all about uh, having inter-squad games and uh, preparing your body and your mind for a regular season. It's going to be 60 games in 66 days, which is, you know, one day, you know, possibly less than one day a week off uh, through, uh, you know, from July the 23rd and 4th till July the 27th. That's that's going to or till September 27th. That will be your schedule. So and that, and again, doesn't include rainouts or other complicating issues that may cancel games along the way. We don't know. Uh, but uh, I, I would say that uh, just the mental and physical challenges of a shortened season and preparing your body uh, is going to be uh, interesting. David, I'll ask you this question. Um, we knew that um, from February the 12th till March the 12th, it was all about guys getting physically ready. And mm-hmm. it was about uh, guys competing for spots. Uh, Jason Kipnis competing against Horner and Descalso and Bodie for second base. Uh, you had guys um, with the White Sox like Nick Madrigal trying to show that he's ready to be an everyday second baseman after being drafted in 2018. How do you suppose this all changes with only three weeks to go and you're not really in the heat of competition against other teams like you have the 30 games in uh, 33 days in spring training? I think we're going to find out, Bruce, who took care of themselves during the pandemic. And I don't think that we're going to discover that every player like did the Anthony Rizzo and shredded his body and came back looking like he was doing 500 sit-ups a day and and he looks great and I and I think that he's going to be one of these guys you expect to just uh, get off to a fast start uh, if you know physical fitness is any indicator but I think we're going to find out because some of these some of the things that are going to interfere with progress whether it's you know on the mound or at the plate obviously are going to be injuries and they're going to be soft tissue injuries and mm-hmm. things that are are related to recovery rate and soreness and i think the people who are in the best shape are going to have the best uh, chance of succeeding early and you have to succeed early so i think those who are in shape physically and really ready mentally because there are no off days now there are no uh, opportunities to say, well, you know what? Let's just wait a little bit. It'll get better. We have 162 games. This isn't a marathon. It is a sprint. And I think the people who mentally can adapt to that quicker and have the physical fitness and are ready to go right now from day one are going to benefit. And that may be oversimplifying it, but I think that we both know that not every player that's going to report on Friday for the Cubs and the White Sox are going to be in the type of shape that they were probably in when they left Arizona back in March. That's the voice of David Haw. You hear him Monday through Friday with Mully and Haw every single day at from 5 a.m. until 9. Uh, join him and uh, Mully when uh, they're on the air during the week. Uh, he is in sitting in for Matt Spiegel today, and I'm appreciative of that. Uh, as far as winning a job, David, how do you do that now? If you're Jason Kipnis and you really don't have uh, any anything to be able to show them other than you're healthy, how do you win that job from Horner? How does Horner win a job from him 
when all you're doing is getting your practice in and maybe have, you know, five, six, seven uh, inter-squad games, which isn't real baseball competition like when you play another team. How, how as David Ross, as Theo Epstein, as Jed Hoyer, how do you decide uh, what that makeup of your 26-man uh, team is and who are your starters? This is where it gets interesting, I think, because you have a first-time manager in David Ross, and he has yet to manage a major league game. And I wonder if he will, under these circumstances, where you have to really give you – know, whoever you fill into your lineup, you're giving the benefit of the doubt. You need him to, to overcome all of these kind of ex- external distractions, if you will. I wonder if he will favor the veteran. I wonder if a guy in the, under these situations, in, in that specific situation, if, if Jason Kipnis has a slight edge over Nico Horner because you know more uh, what you're likely to get. You know more what to expect. And I think that the, as many uncertainties as surround this mini baseball season, you're going to favor the knowns over the unknowns. Mm-hmm. And as you do that, I wonder if that does give veterans – a slight edge, which is why as both teams get ready to return to town on Friday, Bruce, I have always maintained when Molly and I have talked about this, White Sox have a higher ceiling. I love the idea of their potential. The Cubs have veterans who have been there before and done that, and I wonder if that slightly gives a team with experience a little bit of an edge when you need these guys to be the professionals that you're going to need them to be from the get-go. You know, what's fascinating is uh, if you go on the I.L., and I'm not quite sure if it's, it was supposed to go to 15 for pitchers this year and stay at 10 for position players. I think I had heard that it might just stay at 10 for everybody. But you are going to be you are going to be missing. Let's say if you miss 15 days because you have an injury, you're going to be missing 25 percent of the season. Yeah. Uh, just with one injury. So. From that, uh, you know, Ricky Renteria talked to uh, the media two days ago, and we'll get a chance to talk to him at the top of the hour. But he talked about the fact that uh, we have to be extremely cautious with our players because when they do go down, it's going to be for a high percentage of the season. No longer, oh, yeah, we can do without them for 10 or 15 days or 20 days if it's a, uh, you know, a hamstring or an injury or to a quad. Uh, then you know, then you're going into a third of the season without the player, and that's significant as far as the impact goes. And Bruce, if you get swept, it's like losing three in a row is now like nine or ten in a row just by doing the math. You can't afford getting swept. You can't afford long losing streaks. You can't mm-hmm. afford maybe to be as patient with players as you typically might over the course of a 162 game grind. Yeah, you're right, David. And you know that that's why. This uh, summer tournament is what I call it, uh, rather than a baseball season. The sun, summer tournament is going to be compelling in a lot of ways. Uh, I, I mean, the, you know, there's the curmudgeonly guys like me that go, well, that's not a real season. But then the other side of me, the more practical side, says this is going to be exciting because every game is more important. Every player uh, who goes into a batting slump for a week or 10 days is going to be really pushed mentally to get out of uh, that slump quickly because of the fact that you don't have that much time uh, for the ebbs and flows of a normal 162-game schedule. Bruce, I like to think of you as a practical curmudgeon. I I, I try to be that. And speaking of practical curmudgeons, (laughs) Jim Deshays of the Chicago Cubs, color commentator for their TV, will be joining us next as we return. 
This is Inside the Clubhouse. He's David Haw. I'm Bruce Levine. We're with you until 9 o'clock on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. I think it's great. I think it um, it does speed up the games. It's proven to speed up the games. Um, it's exciting, uh, and, and it gives you a chance for instant action. I think, and that's what we're always trying, or or have recently been trying to get into the game, is some more instant action. And it makes strategy from the first pitch in extra innings instead of let's just play it out and see if some team can produce a run. It, it is literally instant action. Seven to the score. I'm David Hawking for Matt Spiegel. That was the voice of Ian Happ here on the score from Thursday, talking about the new one of the new rules that are going to be incorporated in our 60-game sprint. Bruce Levine joins me this morning on this Saturday morning, talking baseball with you. And Bruce, we have a pretty special guest ahead, don't we? We do, uh, and uh, we bring in uh, the color commentator on Cubs Television on the Marquee Sports Network. Our good friend Jim Deshay is nice enough to take some time on a Saturday morning and join us. Uh, good morning, Jim. How are you? Good morning, Jim. I'm well. Good morning, Bruce. Good morning, David. How are you fine fellows doing today? Well, we're, I'm, I'm still trying to get over that new rule at uh, second base. So, you know, you know I'm not a big advocate of uh, this particular change. What, what are your thoughts about uh, putting the man at second? Do you, do you look at 2020? as the perfect opportunity to try some of these things just to see how they work? And uh, do you think it just piques the interest a little bit more of the fan bases? Yeah, I'm leaning in, um, I guess. I mean, I'm just happy that we're going to be playing. Um, You know, I'm hopeful that we're going to be playing. Hopefully this virus doesn't prove to be too problematic. But it looks like we're in pretty good shape uh, to move forward with a start here towards the end of July. And so, yeah, all the different – um, things they're contemplating, I'm, I'm mostly on board with, um, in a sense that it's experimental. Let's take a look at it, see what we think, see how it plays out, how it impacts the game. Um, so it might be a lot of fun. It's wacky, it's different, uh, but it may be fun. Um, at the same time, I'm, I'm anti-DH, but I hope we're going to have to live with that too. We're joined by Jim Deshays, a Cubs analyst for the Marquee Sports Network. Jim joins us on the Alpamani Ford Hotline, Alpamani Ford in Melrose Park. And, and Jim, you ha- obviously have some uh, – I think everybody has a little bit of a trepidation heading into this 60-game this season with players reporting on Friday. I-, I wonder just how you would characterize your thoughts up to this point. One, I hope you're, you and your family are healthy. And, and as you get set to return to work – 
as it were. What, what, uh, what's your thought process like in terms of what you need to do and then how difficult of a challenge that might be for players coming back to baseball? Yeah, I, I, you know, first, thanks, uh, and my family's all healthy, and I hope the same with you guys. Um, you know, I, I think uh, everybody involved is going to have a, a certain level of concern. The question is, do you feel comfortable uh, going back to playing or broadcasting or whatever it is you do at the ballpark? Our situation is different in that, you know, we're for the most part going to be sequestered up in a broadcast booth and not have interaction with large groups of people like the players do. So that's that's the bigger concern. Um, is the players and how they handle the clubhouse, how they move about, how they go about their daily routines. And based on what I've read and heard on, on the MLB protocols that they've, that they've negotiated with the Players Association, if I were a player, I would feel pretty comfortable knowing, well, these guys have they've turned over every rock. They've, 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 they've considered um, pretty much every possibility. And uh, does that mean something won't pop up that they didn't think about? Possibly, but... I mean, they're sending pitchers out there with a wet rag in their pocket, you know, or that they put behind the mound so they don't go to their mouth uh, to, to um, rub up the baseball. Uh, they got players wearing masks in dugouts. They've got guys sitting in the stands. Um, so, and I think it's somewhat ironic, um, but I think some of these cases that have popped up here recently, the Phillies, the Charlie Blackman, and there's been others, but, but I think that will serve as a bit of a wake-up call or a warning to players, like, <clears throat> let's remember to be diligent here and take this seriously, because that's the concern, right? You've got young guys <clears throat> that want to be able to live their lives uh, outside of a, a bubble, um, but but it's going to be really important for those guys to, to kind of maintain distance and take care of themselves. Well, you know, you talk about the wet rag for a pitcher yeah. in their back, back pocket. The, the teams that you were on with the Astros, those guys always had – different objects in their pockets <laughs> going to the mound. Not you, I know, but, I mean, uh, you know, a lot of those guys there was, had... There were some rumors flying around back in the day, Bruce. <laughs> there might have been some instruments of certain types that are attached to the body or the pocket or whatever, but uh, yeah. getting, getting into the storylines for the Cubs right now, David and I were talking about the fact that, uh, you know, the first part of spring training, you know, the 30 games... You get to see a Jason Kipnis play 15 or 18 games, and you get to see his readiness to be able to stay on the field healthy and maybe come back to being the player that he was before. Now you, you have a, a kid like Horner who doesn't have a, a minor league team to go to, so you don't have that option. Uh, is, is that one of the interesting storylines you think coming in is uh, do you go with the veteran Kipnis or does, does Horner, uh, you know, become a utility guy how do you how do you think uh, that particular um, position is going to be figured out yeah you know I think there'll be a shared time over there David Bodie will get some at bats at second base as well um, but but I think you know Kipnis I think towards the end of spring training it looked pretty apparent that he was going to be the, the the primary second baseman and I, I wouldn't veer away from that unless something during spring training 2.0 showed me otherwise you know they, they're going to have time during this stretch uh, to get ready and to get into game shape. And guys have been working out. Guys have been training and hitting and, and doing all those things, I, I think, for the most part, throughout this downtime. So I, I don't think it's as cold a start as you would coming into a typical spring training. Um, and we're gonna we're not going to have a bunch of cold weather to deal with, which should help on the injury front. Right. Uh, but that's going to be the concern. And the, the trainers and the doctors know w- way more than I. I hear stories about soft tissue issues that have happened in the past when there's been 
truncated spring trainings or training camps and other sports. So that's something they have obviously got to keep their eye on in terms of the, the workload they put on players early. Um, and they've got the extra roster spots, too, that should help accommodate that a little bit. Joined by Jim, Jim Deshays here on Inside the Clubhouse in 670 to score. And, and Jim, yesterday, Molly and I were talking to David Sampson, the former Marlins president, who was speculating just about the roster construction. And with 60 players being invited to these spring trainings, he speculated that, I guess it was his opinion, that as many as 35 should be devoted to pitching. And he, I'm not sure if there are 35 quality pitchers in, in every organization or maybe the Cubs, but if you were putting this, this roster together, does that seem high to you or does that just seem indicative of how pitching is going to have to be even more the focus uh, than it was before? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. I don't know the answer to that. I haven't really taken a deep dive into the numbers, but yeah, they've got a 60-player 60, 60, um, pool that they'll be able to choose from, 30-man roster to start the season. Um, you know, you, you take a look at a typical spring training and how many pitchers they bring to camp, um, and that gives you some idea of, of the need for pitching. Of course, a lot of those guys, they know in advance they're going to go play AAA ball, and that's not going to be available. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's going to be a, a tough decision to make, too, just in terms of who you have on your um, – in, in that extra pool that's off working out in South Bend – and, and preparing to be ready. At the same time, uh, I would think you're going to be playing some inner squads there, some simulated games as the regular baseball season goes on, because you need those some of those younger pitchers to develop. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I haven't looked at like, like David. I haven't come up with a, a, a solid number, but I guess you would want a, a lot of pitchers in the mix and available uh, to plug in should guys go down. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not as concerned about pitching injury as many others uh, i think guys have been doing their throwing going along and uh, should be able to build up the game readiness fairly quickly all right that said jim over under 10 starting pitchers during the whole season hmm. for the chicago cubs and then remember uh, a lot of teams are gonna maybe use the opener uh, at least the first month or so of the season just to uh, take advantage of the 30-man, then 28th, and finally 26-man roster. Yeah, um, you're probably right on the number. Um, but I, I'm going to go under. Just, uh, you know, I, I think uh, you know, I think they're going to use a lot of pitching, and I think there'll be a bit of a re- revolving door with bullpen arms. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, of course, you know, there will be an injury or two uh, that you're going to have to deal with, but uh, and so what we're talking, we're talking about a starting pitcher getting what, if he stays healthy and goes through a 60 game season, he's going to get about 12 starts, right? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, and if, if you have an expanded bullpen and, and, you know, guys are making five inning starts initially, um, you should be able to keep them pretty healthy. You know, some, some funky will happen, something weird will happen. But, uh, again, I'm, 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 I think the pitching is going to hold up better than a lot of people think. Jim, before we let you go, you came into this talking about how you were not for the DH, and anybody that watches the Cubs regularly understands that. But how will you adjust? I mean, when you look at the Cubs and the ways that they could possibly benefit from having a designated hitter, and not to just pit it all on Kyle Schwarber, but it does seem like that might be a decent fit for him. And and they may get uh, some some uh, benefits from having an extra bat in the lineup and not having to send you know uh, John Lester or Kyle Hendricks to the plate with runners in scoring position what uh, well, how will how will you see how do you see the the dh affecting the cubs specifically 
Yeah, I, I, I think for the Cubs, it's it, it, it's probably going to prove to be a, a great thing to get more at bats for um, some of those extra guys in the outfield. You know, Schwarber can DH. Souza gets some time in the outfield. You know, Hap and Almora will probably get more at bats because of this than they would have otherwise. Um, you can you know you can rest KB and give him a day at DH. You're not wanting any of these guys to take any days off beyond what's on the schedule. So to be able to get KB out of there, let him DH for a day, as opposed to be on the be on his leg. Same thing for for Rizzo. So I think all teams uh, lineup wise are going to benefit from that. My um, position is strictly as a fan of the entertainment value of pitcher hitting. Uh, I, I hate to see it go away. I think there's a lot of funky, quirky things that happen because of it. And I always, I always, and I was a terrible hitter, as you guys probably know. But I always, you know, I, I always want to honor the guys that are good at it. I think that's an advantage that they should be able to exploit. <laughs> Jim, in closing for me, and David and I certainly appreciate your time and friendship as always. Uh, would you say the bullpen is the biggest question mark for the Chicago Cubs going into the 2020 season? Well, I'm going to sound like I'm contradicting myself because I talked about pitchers holding up. Um, I'm, a, you know, I think most predictive models on this Cubs team a little nervous about the starting pitching. I think maybe they don't buy in completely to what Darvish did second half of last year. Uh, I do. I, you know, watching him from the end of May last year was spectacular. Uh, I think they have some question marks about Q. John Lester's age is an issue. So I, I think there, you know, there are questions on the rotation. Uh, it could swing either way. It could end up being really, really good. Um, or, or there could be some struggles there. You know, Tyler Chatwood being back in the rotation he was good last year in, in his role, but we don't know how good he's going to be taking the ball every fifth or sixth day. So the, to me, that overall the pitching is, is a little, uh, probably a little bit more of a question mark than the lineup because of the resurgence of Schwarber and Happ last year. I'm a little more bullish on the lineup. Um, but, but I think either way, um, it's going to be good enough to compete in what is going to be a very competitive division. It's going to be crazy. Jim Deshaies, Jim, thank you very much it. for joining us. All right, guys. Great to be yeah. with you. Have a good day. Enjoy your Saturday. Thanks. Jim Deshays here on Inside the Clubhouse, Bruce. And when we come back, we will talk more Cubs, hear, hear from Chris Bryant, and then talk about maybe his future a little bit here on Inside the Clubhouse, 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. And hearing that the Chicago Cubs chose me, like, um, at the time, I thought that was a dream come true, you know, and it was. But now that I've been able to, you know, get these experiences with, you know, the team and, and success and seeing the fans and putting on the pinstripes and running out to third base at Wrigley Field and seeing the Ivy and seeing how the Ivy changes throughout the year and the wind and everything about the city and the fans. and um, Just... I really can't put into words what what Chicago means to me. Um, obviously, the goal is to play in one area, one city, your whole life, and um, that's my goal too. Inside the clubhouse, welcome back, Chicago Sports Radio six seventy the score six seventy the score dot com. I'm David Holland for Matt Spiegel this morning, and uh, Ruben Spiegel get well soon. Had the emergency appendectomy, and Dad is taking care of his son. And joined with by Bruce Levine as usual on this Saturday morning. It's a staple during the baseball season all year round. Nine to eleven inside the clubhouse, Bruce, and that was the voice of Chris Bryant from the Marquee Sports Network. And we appreciate the use of that audio because it reinforces what people occasionally 
have wondered perhaps about Chris Bryant's commitment to Chicago. I don't know how fair it has been to question that. I don't think he belongs in any other uniform but a Cub uniform, but the speculation will persist because he's out of contract at the end of the 2021 season. But it was, it was, I guess, reassuring to hear Chris Bryant reaffirm how much he loves being in, uh, in Cubby Blue. David, you have an extra two hundred forty million bucks. You can uh, throw uh, the, the the Ricketts family way, so uh, Theo Epstein, Jed Hoyer can uh, sign him to that extension because that's what it's going to take. Okay, uh, this this player and this person, uh, they talk about Baez, you know, because he's a year younger and plays shortstop as the essential guy to sign for the Chicago Cubs. That that's been the conversation out there amongst media people for the last what year or so right now but uh how how do you look past a chris bryant i mean uh, again he'll be 30 years old when he hits free agency in uh, november of 2021 he'll play at 30 uh that following year in 2022 but in reality, uh, how can you ask for a player to do more? Injuries have taken away from certain years for him, but uh, from what he brings to the team and what type of player he is, what type of individual he is and teammate, um, you know, this is a superlative player. Now, when you start adding money into the equation, then all of a sudden everything changes and you start looking at negatives. Isn't that the way it works, David? Where yeah. You look at, well, he's only had 70, 75, 77 RBI uh, in two out of the last three years. Uh, he doesn't hit as many home runs. Um, he, uh, you know, he he's not hitting to right field like he did during his Rookie of the Year and MVP season. So it, things start getting picked apart. But when you look at the totality of the guy, I'm in agreement with you. I, I don't know how you miss out on trying to resign a generational player like Chris Bryant. Especially, Bruce, when the realities that have been thrust upon us as a, as a nation and, I guess, sports uh, specifically. But the baseball economic model is going to change forever, I think, at the end of the season if it hasn't already begun to do that. And I do wonder, and I know that $240 million, the, the number you threw out there is kind of in jest, but I think that was the number that we maybe were using before. And I wonder if after those terms will change, and I wonder if the thinking will change on both sides. I, don't, I know his agent is Scott Boris, and it's unlikely that Scott Boris will change the way he approaches anything. But if you're the player and you're Chris Bryant and you want to be in Chicago as much as he enjoys being in Chicago, and we just heard it again, don't you think that there's got to be a, 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 better, a, a different sort of tenor of negotiations given that yeah. moving forward, a $150 million contract is not going to be as common as they were before this pandemic changed the economic realities for every team in the, in the, in the league? Yeah, David, I think, you, you know, points well taken. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe the same per year money like maybe the superstars will still make 30 to 35 million but i i don't see 10-year contracts ever again okay i don't see except for maybe you have an 18 or 19 year old player like juan soto who you want to sign to a 10-year deal i don't see the practicality and the money matching up any longer i think you know just by looking at uh the manny machado and the harper contracts and how 
the expectations for them, even though they hit 30 homers and drive in 100, uh, that those are disappointing years for those players and their disappointments so far in those contracts. I, I think that uh, I think regardless of the ec- economics and the uh, the monet- monetizing of baseball going forward, I think shortened years is something that you're going to see more often. I think in that context, then, Bruce, it, yeah. and, and we'll get to the callers in, here in a second. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. This is inside the clubhouse with Bruce Levine. Bruce, what you just said is interesting. Do you think that it's possible then? We always thought it would be either Bryant or Baez for the Cubs to hold on to long-term. Do you think that the the way this has changed, perhaps, moving forward, that it's conceivable to have them keep both? I think it is. Uh, It just depends on, uh, you know, the Cubs front office and Mr. Ricketts projecting payrolls out over the next five, seven, and 10 years. And what will that look like? I mean, I, I think there's going to be a lot of uh, uh, ap- apprehension here over the next two years to sign people because you don't know what that uh, CBA is going to look like and how, I mean, our owners going to sign guys to seven, eight, nine, ten 10-year deals right now, not knowing if there's a salary cap type situation and being locked in so that they don't have movement on their rosters. Won't that impact the way that general managers and owners look at uh, what they're able to do as far as signing uh, their own players and outside players to long-term contracts? So I think there's going to be a lot of trepidation going in through these next two years and maybe in this offseason here some some slower movement as far as uh, free agency goes before the December 1st, 2021 CBA. Absolutely. And and if the market shrinks for available suitors or interested parties who can afford those sides of contracts, you wonder if that will lead or persuade players like Bryant or Baez, free agents in 2021, back to their original teams. And if they can stay in Chicago, that is good news for Cubs fans. Bruce, let's jump out to the phone lines. Mark is in St. Charles. He has a question. You're on, on inside the clubhouse. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, Mark. Mark, not Hello. there. Hello, Mark. Hey, good morning. morning. Hey, good morning, gentlemen. Hey, I hope uh, Ruben's doing better. I just wanted uh, to mention two things, more comment. For extra innings, it would be awesome to see whether it's the 10th and 11th inning to do possibly just uh, business as usual and then go to a first-run win after that. Or if they took a look at, Extra innings. Put the second. Uh, put someone on second at the thirteenth inning, as opposed to because I, I don't want to see uh, fifteen, sixteen inning games either. I'd leave as well if uh, if I was at the park. And then I like to see them get rid of spitting. <laughs> spitting. Uh, yeah, that uh, Lucas Giolito talked about spitting yesterday in his conference, David, and that uh, he has been training himself not to spit and not to go to his mouth to wet his, uh, you know, fingers as well, you know, just to get a better grip. Uh, These are retraining methods that all the players are going to have to go through. And and Giolito has been doing that as part of his uh, training at home in Sacramento. So it's interesting, you know, that that will be interesting to watch. But from the perspective of, you know, the extra innings, the caller brought up an interesting aspect of, it's sudden death, so the first team to score a run, the game's over. You don't get the bottom of the inning. That hmm. that would make it even more compelling, wouldn't it? 
Well, it'd be a definitely uh, give the home team the. That, that would that would be that would be wouldn't sound fair though, would it? I, I don't no, know. No, no, it's not. Sudden death baseball it, doesn't work. And, and that you know, putting a man who hasn't earned his way on base at second base is also it's very fascist. You know, I, <laughs> I don't. I don't know about going that I, far, but it's it's getting there. It's in that step. It's, the, it's very fascist close. direction, yeah. Bruce. You you yeah. have to earn everything in sports, right? Yes. That yeah. that's you're not earning anything. It's why I've always hated field goals. Uh, deciding games where in the trenches guys are killing each other and then some, some little guy hits one 65 yards and that decides the game so bruce it's worse when those little guy misses one from 65 yards and loses the game for those guys in the trenches <laughs> believe me so Double i referred point. to you earlier as a practical curmudgeon and it was meant as a compliment but as somebody of who course. has been around the game as long as you have been around the game bruce what is your overall view of some of these tweaks to the rules because it is going to be an abnormal, unusual season. We've never seen one like this. So some of these rules are, you know, obviously reflect that. What what do you think of some of the changes? Well, I love the DH for this year in particular because pitchers are coming back quickly. You don't want the, the extra chance of them injuring themselves on the bases or coming up to the plate and uh, getting hurt that way and they they hurt your feelings sometimes as well don't they david by just their attempts at hitting yeah so uh even though i've always been a national league type uh, guy as far as enjoying the strategy of it i think that ship has sailed so i, I believe the dh is permanent and it's going to be a benefit for both uh both leagues from from here on out i like that i hate the uh the man at second base because like i said that's not earned and uh it's just the idea behind it is bad. I mean, the caller said he doesn't want to be there for 16 innings, but the beauty of baseball is that there's never been a time clock. This is initiating a time clock to a game saying, sorry, you know, um, regardless of how hard your teams have fought to a 1-1 tie in the 10th, we must get this game over with, and we have to have this type of procedure in order to get it done. So not not a big fan of that, but understand uh, that this is a season where you should probably experiment. So, so I'm good with that for one year. I'm not. Hopefully, it's not not long term. But again, I might be in the minority on that. The one thing I wish they might have continued to experiment with was be the expanded rosters for the entire course of the season because it might mitigate some of these concerns about health and and the durability and I guess the endurance level of your bullpen and the arms that uh, they're trying to protect. If you add an additional pitcher or two, it kind of makes it easier to throw these guys out there indefinitely. I'm with you. I think we're going to see injuries uh, changing the idea of the whole thing and people running out of pitchers, not wearing, not not having not only players to replace them, but uh, wh- where are those um, taxi squads going to play? What type of com- competitive level will they be playing at? Uh, knowing they're just waiting on the sidelines to try to come in, not playing minor league season. So from that perspective, uh, perspective, I'm with you. The, the more, the merrier in 2020. We have to take a break. He's David Haw. I'm Bruce Levine. This is Inside the Clubhouse till 11 o'clock. Next up, the manager of the Chicago White Sox, Ricky Renteria. This is the score, 670thescore.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. 
the MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.